Hey everyone, you are listening to Que Sera Sera with me, Sarah Ann Lalonde. I am a brand new teacher sharing my journey into education with the world, all while promoting risk-taking in the classroom and in your professional life. Enjoy this episode. You're listening to episode 59 with Ryan McHale. You are a difference maker. Hey, welcome to the Pondering Education Podcast with your host, Ryan McHale. Hey. Hey, Sarah. <laughs> Just kidding. We are evidently on the Kesara Sara show tonight, but saying the Pondering Education Podcast intro is something that my guest tonight is more than familiar with saying because he is a fellow podcaster himself. Um, and other than podcasting, he is also an English language arts teacher and also a curriculum team leader for the English language arts and reading department. And tonight he is joining me from Massachusetts. I, I practiced saying that before the show, Ryan, just because I feel like Canadians have a hard time. Massachusetts. There it, is. There <laughs> it doesn't roll off the tongue. <laughs> so welcome. How how is how is Massachusetts tonight? Massachusetts is just lovely. It's very hot hot today. Ninety five degrees, and uh, took my son to his first golf lesson today, and it was brutal oh, out no. there. Six years old playing golf. Good for him though. <laughs> Better than his dad. Good for him. Oh my gosh, golf is something I can't even stand to do. Literally, I cannot. My dad is a huge golfer and he'll ask me all the time and I'll just kindly decline, especially when it's hot. Yeah, you know, I, I only go out when someone asks me if I want to go lose a dozen golf balls because that's all I do. Right? So. But he likes it and gets oh. him out of the house and uh, able to, to do some prep work for the upcoming school year. So it was a Good for very him. cool. And thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's it's honestly it's my pleasure. Um, so I kind of gave you a, li- you a little introduction there. You have your own podcast, but it's not just like a little podcast. Like you have huge names. Like um, I was looking at like Kyle Schwartz, who is the author of "I Wish My Teacher Knew." Um, you spoke with Tara Martin and Eric Schinniger. And the the first time I got to know your podcast, I, I want to tell you this story because. I'm a religious Instagram follower of Josh um, Dombrowski, but Mr. D. Um, oh, Mr. D. Yeah. So the for those who don't know, Mr. D is the ultimate teacher who did the spelling test prank that got featured on Ellen. Um, and now he has like a quadrillion followers. And he's honestly my pick me up all the time. Like I love the content that he posts, um, whether it's ADU related or right now what he's posting on Twitter is like his mom is going to the bachelorette finale. Yeah. <laughs> I just love everything that he posts. And then when he said that he was going to be on your podcast, I was like, this is going to be good. Um, and there were so many takeaways from that episode. Um, I listened to it a little while ago. I'm trying to think, what was one thing? Oh, it was his Spotify playlists. He talked yeah, about having yeah. them, and like I've been listening to them ever since. And I always, I, I also teach English, so I get to um, play them all the time in my English class. Oh, that's so awesome. awesome! Yeah, yeah. He he's uh, fantastic, and uh, with with everybody that's been on the show, you know, they've all been so wonderful. And uh, the thing that I love about the education community is that there's a, a willingness and openness to help each other out. And everyone is looking for their, for ways to expand their universe, to learn from others. 
and everyone's uh, willing to chip in and do their share. And when I started, uh, I just thought, well, let's try to to go big early and, and try yeah. to get some names in <laughs> and uh, see if I can and build something from there. And I honestly, I, I just sent out some emails and I, I sent three out. Uh, I sent one to Joe Dombrowski, to Todd Nisloni, who wrote uh, Kids Deserve It with Adam Welcome. And I sent one out to Olivia Gatwood, who is a spoken word poet uh, who is now living in in Massachusetts. And uh, she is someone that I absolutely adore, uh, read her work all the time to my eighth grade students. And uh, all three replied within a day saying they would hop on. Uh, And I was I was shocked and Mm -hmm. wondering how I was going to compose myself to actually interview these people (laughs) uh it it was really nerve-wracking and i was just gonna say like especially had wait had you had any background in podcasting before were you just like throwing yourself into it i had a little bit uh when i actually started really getting into social media i I started to uh have a parenting blog and uh, i was the pondering father and uh, and I did that for a little bit, and that led into uh, the Pondering Podcast, which was more uh, life-based, parenting-based, um, but it it was a little all over the place. Um, it, it, it was hard to really nail down uh, a theme or a, a voice that I could truly own. Uh, so I just started thinking about, you know, what's the number one thing uh, that is a big part of my life, obviously my, my children, but uh, um, what is something that I, I feel confident about talking to uh, a bunch of strangers uh, about? And, you know, yeah. parenting is really personal. Sometimes it's not as easy to, to talk about. Uh, so I actually had a conversation with a musician um, named Stephen Kellogg. Uh, he is uh, one of my favorite uh, local musicians and I had him on the show and we were talking about, you know, fatherhood and marriage and kids and uh, career. And he had mentioned something about uh, find that one spark, you know, outside of your family, the one thing that drives you. And uh, that was education Mm -hmm. uh, for me. And that conversation just allowed me to see things a little bit more clearly of of where I wanted to go uh, with podcasting. And I just jumped right in with education. That's amazing. So how long, when did this, because I remember seeing Joe posted on his Instagram, but when did you launch your first episode? It was uh, the very tail end of February. Um, okay. It, so it was, it was very, very quick. Uh, the first three episodes went out quickly. And, you know, if you listen to the first few episodes, I mean, that was uh, as definitely as raw as it gets. Um, I, I had absolutely oh. no experience with editing. Um, I, you know, I had usually when I when I did the parenting podcast, it was me ranting for 30 minutes and then just posting it. <laughs> and there was really, really little intro or outro or anything like that. Uh, but I've been learning and I feel like the show's been getting uh, a, a lot better in terms of the quality of the intros, outros, and editing and all that. Um, but I think the most important thing over the last six months or so uh, was just confidence mm-hmm. in sharing my voice and my opinion. Uh, really early on, I, I was a little scared to do that. Um, I, I didn't know what reaction would be, and I didn't want to, uh, in a weird way, I, I didn't want to upset it, 
the district that I worked for, if they were listening to it. And I didn't, I was just very careful with everything that I said. Um, and, and it held me back a little bit. I had my questions for my guests and I asked them and we had good conversations and I'm, I'm you know, still proud of those, but, uh, over the last few months, uh, I feel much more confident in talking about the issues that are really affecting education and not being afraid to give that uh, my side of the story as well, my opinion. Uh, and I think that's mm-hmm. you know, the biggest thing over the last few months. That's incredible. Um, I can definitely relate to how you're feeling, especially because when I started my podcast, I wasn't even a teacher. So I was just um, like a, in Canada, we call them teacher candidates. Like we were, I was in teacher's college. And so I definitely had no confidence in what I was saying because I didn't have much necessarily to say. And I think that that actually helped guide my podcast Mm. because it became like a learning journey for me. And it was a fact that I was, I have started or I have like, I've already documented over 50 episodes of me just totally like asking any mm-hmm. questions about teaching that other, you know, new teachers or people like educators um, becoming teachers that, you know, maybe they are too scared to ask these questions so they can listen listen to my podcast depending on whatever theme it is and learn about, you know, that topic and that area of expertise. And for this one, I'm super excited because I haven't necessarily spoke to anyone about having like their own education podcast. Like I talk about having a podcast all the time, but I love, you know, having you on and, and talking about these things exactly, right? Like what it's like at the yeah. beginning and and not being confident in your voice and what you have to say or just like actually what your voice sounds like. That was something for me. The first like 10 episodes, I couldn't even oh, listen to them. I, I still don't even want to listen I, I to really, them. <laughs> I, I think that's part of the reason why I edited so little at the beginning uh, was because I just didn't want to hear myself. <laughs> you didn't want to hear it. <laughs> and I was just like, I, I'm not going to do this. Uh, I've said my piece. I'm just going to put yeah. it out there. Uh, and I'm still like that with almost everything. I was, uh, honored to, to have a TEDx talk, uh, that I did in Massachusetts in April. Um, I still haven't watched it back. <laughs> I, I, no I can't, I, I don't know why I, I like feel like my face turning red as I'm like sitting there and my wife and kids are watching it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going out. <laughs> and I just like got up and left. Okay. I was like, I, I don't. Uh, I think that's just, you know, the confidence thing that comes over time. And I think that is the same thing with, with podcasting. It's just once you have those episodes out and you have that audience that is tuning in week in and week out, and they're still there week in and week out. And you, uh-huh. you start feeling that, all right, they, they're coming here. They're enjoying the show. They're enjoying what I'm saying. Uh, obviously it's resonating and it's time to kind of let down my guard a little bit. And uh, as I do that, mm-hmm. it is uh, so much uh, of a relief it, because I feel like I was holding back as well. Um, and now planning for the shows, uh, it's so much easier because I'm not being as meticulous with uh, here's my topic. Here are my bullet points. This is what I need to say. I need to stick to this. Right. Uh, I'm confident kind of going off on a tangent a little bit. Uh, and I think that mm-hmm. that helps. I think that's what a lot of educators kind of 
are, are looking to hear. Uh, they're looking to hear that they're not alone in some of these uh, thoughts and some of their concerns. Uh, and of course, you know, some of the things that they love, they want to know that you know, they're not alone, whether it's positive or negative. Uh, and Absolutely. if you're, if you're going yeah. about it kind of run of the mill uh, and sticking to such a, a script, it's not going to last it. And, uh, and I realized that. No, it doesn't come out like no, as authentic. It, it, I find. it really doesn't. And my favorite part of uh, that Joe Dombrowski interview was like the last like seven, eight minutes uh, because it was, I had asked all my questions and he had made a, a comment about um, RuPaul's Drag Race show. And, and I had said, oh, my goodness, my wife and I love that show. We watch it every day. And boom, it was just a conversation and laughing for a few minutes. And yeah, that was my favorite part of that interview because it wasn't scripted and it wasn't um, planned in a way that sounded fake. And uh, I appreciated him for that. Uh, he has such a, a, an amazing you know, personality and uh just tremendous passion for education. And uh, that really sparked, you know, everything uh, going in the right direction. And Todd Nisloni as well. I mean, he, yeah. he's one of the more uh, passionate leaders you know, when it comes to administration uh, in the country here uh, and him coming on and learning from him, it, invaluable. One thing I wanted to touch upon, and I, I love taking notes while, um, I do podcasting. Oh, me too. Uh, <laughs> you spoke about like your audience, right? Tuning in, you know, week in and week out. And I find the idea of an audience such, a, such an interesting thing because for me, like I've never done podcasts for an audience. Mm -hmm. I'm very selfish in that sense. I do podcasting primarily for my own like professional development right. and like yeah. personal growth, especially as a new teacher. And I never really like considered, like I knew obviously I have a podcast, I'm putting it out there for people to listen to, but I never really thought that people would want to listen to anything that I had, that yeah. I had yeah. to say. Uh, Maybe what my guests have to say, but not what I have to say. So I find like, right, we're, we're making these episodes, we're learning, we're having these great conversations. And I'm obviously thinking that they're valuable enough to share, but I never really try and, you know, ask certain questions, you know, just for certain people or for, you know, like you said, like a certain audience. I just keep it me. And I'm sure on your podcast, you just keep mm -hmm. it you, right? You're not like pretending to be somebody else just for, you know, an audience to like you necessarily. And I think it's just funny too, the other thing that you said that like we won't listen to our own podcasts back, but we'll put them out there hoping that other people will listen to them. I just find it like so it, it, funny. It's, it's so interesting because, you know, like you said, we do these podcasts for our own professional development. I'm not mm -hmm. you know, trying to make money off a podcast. I don't think many people do. Um, if they do, they're, they're going to be very disappointed, mm -hmm. I believe. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, when I start thinking about what I'm learning. And when I have these guests on, I, I just, I realize that you know, people need to hear these stories that are being told. It, there are some yeah. great, there's some great information that's being shared with me. And it, I'm just the same, like I, I'm selfish in that way. That's like, 
I'm getting all this information and it's making me a better educator and I'm so excited. And I'm like, all right, well, what if I just push it out there? And hopefully there's mm-hmm. going to be a group of educators that are going to listen to it for free and listen to it on their drive into school or listen to it on their drive back if they've had a terrible day and be reminded of why they do what they do. Uh, and that is, you know, to me, uh, the best part of podcasting. I, I think the, the the one thing about the the audience factor is that, you know, unfortunately, you are kind of at the numbers game when it comes to securing guests as you move along into the the podcast world. Uh, you, you know, the that's fair. It, yeah, it's tough because it's you want to have the name in education sometimes, right? You, you want to try to get someone that, you know, everyone's going to be like tuning in. But unfortunately, um, while you have folks like Joe and Todd and Olivia and Kyle and, and all those that will freely just come on the show and they're just going to love it Brain and they're going to talk and yeah. that's all they want to yeah. do. Um, there are going to be people that the first thing they ask is, um, what's your average listening per episode? Um, how many downloads do you get? How many people are going to hear me talk about my book? Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, unfortunately, the longer it goes on uh, the, and the more guests you need to have, uh, that becomes a little bit more of an issue. Uh, so, you know, for me, it's all about just the, the power of positivity in the message and the ability to, to spread that message you know, to everyone, anyone that'll listen. And uh, I'm certainly humbled and thankful for the people that have, have listened to Pondering Education. It has truly been uh, some an endeavor that I, I never thought would be uh, as successful and it is one of the best things that I ever did in, you know, in education. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so incredible. And luckily nobody has asked me when I, you know, asked them to be on the podcast, how many listens that I've gotten. And when I get there, I'll be like, well, maybe you aren't the right person right. to be on my podcast. Cause my podcast isn't that special. <laughs> I just think that you're a cool person to be on the podcast. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's how I feel out my guests. Right? I, uh, yeah. I, 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 I never thought I'd see the day where, I've uh-huh. actually said no to someone coming on the show, um, right. but I have, and and it's just because if the I don't want guests on the show for promotion sake, um, right? Obviously, I, I will certainly have folks on that are having a book coming out, and I'm more than happy to push that on. Um, but I, I really want the focus uh, of the conversation to be how can we best help teachers help kids. That's what I care about. And as long as your visions more or less kind of go together, then, and, you know, that's when <laughs> then, yeah, yeah, green check. When can we schedule a day? <laughs> Absolutely. Is that a problem that you have scheduling days or nights or time zones? Because that is just, it just blows yeah, that, my that's mind. Been, that's always tough. And I also, on top of everything else that I, I I have going on. I have ADD, <laughs> so uh, <Okay. laughs> legitimate diagnosis, like a struggle, and I have to write everything down. I have a, a wall calendar, and everything is written down. 
time yeah. zones are noted. Uh, and mm-hmm. at the top is always family stuff and then work and school stuff. And then at the bottom, I do any kind of podcasting. So I am prioritizing everything yes. and then making sure that there's time for everything. Uh, but the time zones get crazy. Um, and I tried a couple of different sites like Calendly.com, um, which okay. is oh, I've heard of them. Like you put in your availability and then you can just send it out and people can just click on a time that they want to talk to you, uh, which okay. was a cool idea, but I lasted for about a week and a half because th- life just <laughs> happens all the time. And uh, when people pick a time at, randomly at like 11 in the morning on a Tuesday. Uh, it seems all right at the time, but then my daughter gets sick, has to be picked mm-hmm. up from daycare or something happens. And I'm like, all right, I need to have a little bit more Life. control over it uh, other than just sending out a 30 day calendar with uh, 10 possible time frames a day. And I'm like, oh, chances are growing that I'm going to have to cancel or postpone it. I don't want to do that. Yeah. That's why I just send the dates that I'm available is like, pick one of these and then please change it into whatever time zone you are because (laughs) I can't, I can't do the math. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, that's why I asked you, I was like, are you Eastern standard time? Like, uh, cause I don't know. Yeah. And and you know what, when you have the right guest too, like you will make, you'll make it work. And it's like Mm -hmm. when I had uh, Dr. Amy fast on um, who is, amazing and i absolutely love her her book um it's the mission not the mandates and i was so excited when she agreed to come on and she's on the west coast and she's like i can't really do it until like eight o'clock my time and i'm like that's all right i'll have a red bull i'll be up at 11 let's go (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah i had a conversation till midnight eastern time and it was it was all good to see what you do you know you you have the the guest in mind, the vision that you want for the show and the message you want to project. And we do what we can to, to get it done. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you if you have a favorite episode so far out of all the episodes you've launched? Oh, uh, there. I, Joe is still at the top. Um, but uh, Dr. Fast was amazing. Tara Martin. I absolutely I haven't heard that one yet. Love. So is that one to go listen to next? She, yeah, she was so fantastic and just so sweet. And uh, her message just radiates. And I think that all educators can get behind it. Um, yeah, they can make it their own. It's very personal from her end. And we can make it personal as the reader. And uh, it's one of the, the best books that I've read over the summer. Uh, so I, I think... That episode was great. Uh, Jay McTie, uh, who I really love his work on understanding by design and kind of that backwards framework when you're putting together a, a unit. Uh, more of a technical episode, but I think it was very clear in best practice. And I think it was one of the best episodes in terms of information uh, that teachers could use right away when they're developing okay. units. Um, so who's that with again? Sorry. Jay McTie. Jay, what's his Twitter account? Uh, I think it's to... at J- Jay McTie. Um, I don't know if there's an underscore okay. there, but. Um, he, oh yeah. Got him. He is. I just make, 
love to follow. He's a very, very smart guy. Um, But uh, I will say too, that the conversation I had with Olivia Gatwood, the spoken word poet um, for me was probably one of the more insightful life oriented interviews, if you will, uh, you know, outside the classroom, but just talking about current events and and, uh, talking about uh, the Me Too movement. And we were talking about student voice. Mm. Uh, The the interview was shortly after uh, the shooting in Parkland, Florida. Um, And there's that whole movement uh, of student activism uh, and we talked a lot about that and the power of writing and the power of speaking. And uh, I remember she had called you know, f- while she's in the car. You know, she has her you know, hand, hand-free device and she's just chatting away and you know, she's oh, like getting gas no and talking to, the <laughs> talking to the attendant at the gas station and just going on. And uh, it was just like a real conversation and... Uh, but touched upon some really you know big interviews um interviews really big issues uh that that mm-hmm. the country is facing and uh it was done in an, an organic way and uh i really appreciated that interview as well uh, but you know, you know the episodes they all of them to, are, are special to me in just the fact that uh my hope is that someone's going to get something out of it. Um, and Absolutely. I feel that I've become a better educator because of the folks I've talked to. And I know that people are listening out there and they're picking something up. And uh, I think that's the beauty of this movement on social media with education, uh, this willingness to pick each other up, the willingness to help each other out, to share resources um, to share best practices and to to let it all out and understand that they're not alone. And all of our podcasts are adding to that. And uh, it's, a, it's just a really great thing to see. And I, that's something I hope that just continues moving forward because we need this uh, positivity in, in education. The field's not getting any easier. Um, yeah, there's a new challenge nope. every day. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and I'm just and, starting, so and, and you're gonna see. And yeah, that's the one thing that I've noticed is even as I'm pursuing uh, my doctorate degree right now in ed leadership, uh, the things you read in books compared to the things you see in the classroom tend to be a lot different. And yeah, you, you know, you notice you start. Oh my goodness, every day, Plot every twist. class, and. <laughs> you notice that yeah. a lot of the books on theory are good in theory. You know, it's good in like a utopian society and everybody has the best you know, life outside of school. They have the best mm-hmm. uh, technology at their fingertips. And, you know, this is what it could be. The biggest thing that I noticed in, in going to school and then teaching is that a lot of the things that you read in school is theory based and it's almost that utopian society. You know, right. if all the kids have a perfect life, if all the kids are, are um, wanting to succeed Motivated and, and all this, yeah. like these <laughs> tips are going to work. But then you go into the classroom and you have a couple of students that haven't had a meal in two days. You've had students that have been removed from their homes. 
uh, you have students that uh, are fearful of deportation and students with mental health issues. And that, I think, is what makes it real in the moment. And you have to go off script from those things that you're reading in school, um, you know, as you prep for your teaching career. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And one thing, like, because you're talking about kind of getting advice from books and then real life and segueing into an episode that you did where you did um, like a Q&A where we could ask you real life questions, you know, in teaching oh, yeah. and you could give us real answers. I thought that that was one of the coolest episodes that you did. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That was just super neat because it's not like, again, you can read a book and learn about such and such a thing, or I could, you know, reach out to someone and ask a certain question, but for you to compile all of these just really in like interesting and intriguing questions, not only because, you know, I was invested because it was one of my questions that you answered, but everyone else had great questions as well. And listening to you give your honest and open answer, like that's even better advice than a book that I would go buy on a shelf. Yeah. And well, thank you. And like I said, like I would not have done a a Q and a episode, you know, the first couple months, um, just because of that fear, you know, there, that was, um, is there going to be, backlash from these answers is someone going to hear and disagree am i going to get you know these people on twitter Mm -hmm. that are just crawling out from underneath some kind of bridge and just going crazy Uh, (laughs) and i I was a little fearful of that but over time you know you gain that confidence and it's at the point where it's like no matter what you say uh, and no matter how you feel about something there's always going to be someone that disagrees Um, and that's okay mm-hmm. because that's going to start a discourse. That's going to allow for conversations, hopefully find that middle ground and to find solutions that are practical and logical. And uh, that's where I just finally found the, the voice that I had been missing early on and uh, to give my opinion and not necessarily be citing research. Um, just say, you know, this is what I've seen. Uh, and this is how I feel. And right. some of you may disagree. Some of you may agree. Uh, and if you disagree, let's chat about it. And uh, and totally. I think that that helped. And you know, I remember your question uh, specifically was you know, talking about the what are some of the things to really do to prep for the, the first school year. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I said, like, without a doubt, that number one answer know your community mm. that you're going to serve. Um, and I had, I it's have so powerful. posted, I had posted on Twitter shortly after that, you know, the importance of, you know, I think districts taking, um, taking tours of the town with new teachers so they can see everything in the, in the town, the city to see where the kids are coming from, to see where they might be hanging out. Um, what are some of the, the big things to do in town, you know, you want to make connections with your kids very quickly in a school year. So I think it's, it's really important to, to know kind of where they're coming from. And, uh, it goes, it goes both ways. You know, we had, uh, I had a student comment on not one of my students, but just someone who was going into teaching and someone who grew up in, in a lower income household, uh, made a comment 
and said, that's a great idea, but you also don't want to have it as uh, kind of like a show where you're on a bus and you're just like with binoculars <laughs> looking at the kids right. coming out of the, the, the projects. And I'm like, absolutely. Like, of course. I, I didn't even think to, to clarify yeah, that. I know? never took it that um, way. <laughs> like, we absolutely don't. And there's ways that you can do that. I mean, you can have a couple of teachers go on a bus as the bus drivers are practicing their routes, you know, at the beginning of the school year. Uh, ways that you can do that, mm-hmm. you know, without um, putting you know, undue, unnecessary, you know, looks at, at the student life. But oh, absolutely. Um, I, I think it, it's so important. And I think about my own school that I work at because we are a, a Title I school. We have a lot of, of students, uh, uh, more than a third of the students are, are low income. Uh, and if you were to come to our district and to our school for the first time and you were to drive on the highway in Massachusetts, get off the highway, you would pass a Wendy's, you'd take a turn, you'd pass a nice lake, you'd take a left, and then boom, there's the school. Very nice, picturesque little drive. You're going to assume and have a completely different picture of the student body and of the families in our town, if that's all you know of our town uh, from your interview process. And I think about the new teachers and how they must feel that first day of school when they realize that, okay, this is a little different than I imagined. You know, I'm still really excited. I'm right, excited to get to yeah. know these kids, but I'm kind of thrown for a loop here uh, because we all have those mm-hmm. you know, unintentional kind of biases that you know, we see kind of the the setting and we make these assumptions and we're like, oh, okay, beautiful town. I see some houses here. Uh, you're going to subconsciously, you're going to make, yeah. Make your own like assumption right. and picture and of who you'll it, be teaching. And... It's going to throw you for, throw you off a little bit. And so I, I always say like, know your kids before you even meet them. Know them as much as you possibly can. Uh, where are they coming from? What do they do around here? Um, what's some of the history of the town? Uh, even using public information in terms of the demographics in the school. Uh, you get to know, immerse yourself in the culture of the town as quickly as possible. And that's going to allow you to make easier connections with the kids. It's going to give you more confidence to engage with the families and uh, the more that you feel a part of the town, it, it only adds to how much you want to ensure the future success of these kids and this town for years to come. <sighs> I have goosebumps just because I'm thinking <laughs> about, like, I I am going to do that. Like, I still have three more weeks until um, the school board that I'm working for. Uh, we start on the 28th of August. I'm working at a French Catholic school here um, in Ontario. And so luckily I'm working in the same, uh, what would I call it? It's like the village beside the one that I'm living in. Okay. So I grew up here. I have a already good in, impression or knowledge just, you know, from having grown up in mm-hmm. the area of you know, who I think I will be teaching, but I don't think that that's good enough. Not because I'm not from that 
little town or village per se. So I don't want to make those assumptions, kind of like you said. I want to go and make sure that I know who I'm teaching instead of just assuming who I'm teaching to before. Yeah. And that's something that, and yeah, that's something that I think it's hard for all of us to, to kind of understand that we, we have these built in assumptions that are made, these biases that we have. And uh, I talk a, a lot about this as of late in terms of uh, racial inequity in the U.S. Uh, when we talk about uh, academic achievement and disciplinary numbers, you know, it's staggering uh, the disproportionate number of African American students that are being disciplined in schools, and uh, the academic numbers in terms of test scores being so much lower than our more affluent uh, towns all over the country. And it's a tough conversation to have with folks because no one wants to have that race conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, And I get it. And I I know that it's tough, but the truth is that we need to help all of our students out. They all need our help. They all deserve to have the best educational experience possible. Mm -hmm. And there's obviously some systemic issues in our public education system if this is happening. And even in Boston, there was an article the other day that says that we're actually uh, resegregating our schools in downtown Boston. You know, we, oh you know, 20 years ago, we were, we were doing great with, you know, in terms of uh, desegregating and all of a sudden, you know, 25 years later, here we are. And it's even worse than it was 20 years ago. And the numbers are worse. And, you start thinking about how can we be letting this happen? Um, Mm -hmm. But no one wants to to really talk about that because it's uncomfortable. But unfortunately, you got to go, the leaders have to get over it and they have Mm -hmm. to have the conversations. They have to understand that the past, you can't just say the past is the past because the past carries baggage that lasts forever. And you have to continually be looking to, make improvements because if not what are we doing we are allowing we are perpetuating the cycle of uh, unjust education for so many kids wow i find it just so eye-opening especially speaking with um like people who aren't from my province who aren't from my country because again i get to learn about all these things that you know that is definitely not my reality where I come from and just hearing you speak about this and just having you like open my eyes that uh, evidently this is happening, you know, in other places, this is your reality in your, in your state. And, oh, it's just like, yeah, again, not good conversations that I want to be having, but conversations that we need to be having. I don't know exactly how I can help over here. Um, but just opening up the conversation to anyone, even listeners who, you know, would be interested in, in, in knowing more and looking to help. And it just, it, this is what podcasting is all about. Uh, yeah. It's all about, you know, getting messages out. It's all about helping everybody. And, uh, and I think that the more we do this, the louder our collective voice becomes as educators and the more positive change we can bring. Uh, because as sometimes we're beaten up in, in this profession, uh, whether it's being told that you're overpaid, which I think is the biggest joke. Um, 
out there, but uh, or you have too much vacation time, mm-hmm. you know, all these things that you, you hear about negatively about education, um, you, you know, that it gets to you after a while and you need to have support and you need to be reminded of your why. You know, why did you go into education in the first place? Never lose that. That's your initial spark. That's why you're in the position that you're in. You chose this because you're a difference maker. You're a difference maker in the lives of children. And you're here because you believe strongly that you can be a role model for kids. Uh, yes, you want to teach a curriculum. Yes, you want to have them take tests and do well, but you also want to help open their eyes to the world in front of them. And you have to remind yourself of that when you get that negative uh, feedback from the outside world and having this circle of trust <laughs> in <laughs> podcasting or Twitter or you know, Instagram, whatever it is, uh, it's only going to help in better teacher retention rates and in making sure that teachers are staying in the profession uh, for a lot longer because we're losing too many great teachers, too many passionate teachers that are getting burned out uh, too quickly. Um, and hopefully we're starting a, a movement with the podcasting and with the social media that will improve that because, like I said, anyone that's that goes into teaching is is always doing it for the right reasons. You know, you're not going into teaching for the money. Yeah, you're not going into teaching for the glory. Yeah, you're not going to to be on every talk show uh, unless you're Joe Dabrowski, uh, or right. You know, <laughs> um, but you're you, and standing in front of your classroom with your kids, you are a superstar. You are a difference maker. You are changing lives, and that's what you have to remember every day when those times get tough. Um, and hopefully that's what we're we're doing. We're helping that we're helping teachers feel that way. Ryan, you're so awesome. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I love you're such like motivator. Yeah. You should be my my life coach. Oh, like I love this. My goodness. goodness. When I'm down and out, I'll just re-listen to this podcast. So like I won't be ashamed of hearing my voice. I'm just gonna like cut to this time and then just listen uh, to you. Like that was I just, awesome. I, I feel like you know teachers are some of the greatest people that I've ever met. And, and I, I just, I never want teachers to, I hate to see teachers lose that spark. Um, I hate to see teachers that, you know, are, start yelling and they start just thinking less about the kids. And it's just because they've been beaten down for so long with new mandates and new testing and, and all this. And uh, there's, they don't feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's not a light at the end of the school day, uh, but maybe we can do that. Maybe we can be the podcast that they turn on <laughs> after a bad day and they're driving home, reminding themselves, this is why I, this is why I'm willing to have a day like this because tomorrow I'm going to make it better and we're going to have a better day and I'm going to get back on the train and I'm going to get back you know, and do what it is that I know I can do. Um, yeah, that to me, once you find that in any profession, you got you got to just keep going with it. You heard it here, folks. The Pondering Education Podcast is your go-to at the end of the day, <laughs> no matter what. 
or or this one. I, or I don't this know. just this episode. This episode is <laughs> oh, it's just it's just so amazing. I'm I'm just so happy that you're here and that we're having this conversation. And oh, no, this is <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, and uh, again, it's like this is the the kind of conversation too that is invaluable uh, to to folks as well because as great as it is to interview authors here and there um, again there's a lot of authors that are also detached from the classroom setting uh, that haven't been in the classroom for years uh, that are throwing out research-based literature which is great and and their books great Uh, but again you get to the point where you're thinking who is this person? Why are they writing this? What's the agenda? What are they, you know, and you can't help but think that way. But then when you get just a couple of passionate educators together and you're just having a conversation. Exactly. Then you're learning. That's when we're absolutely. (laughs) And the beauty of it is that it's not just gonna, we're not selfish enough to just keep it between you and I like this. People are going to listen to this. People are going to comment on this. People are going to, you know, give us feedback. And one thing, that I love that you do as well is that um, you just don't keep it to Twitter. Like I love that you have an Instagram account and that you um, kind of like promo, but reach out to like a larger audience to people who are on Instagram, who are on Facebook. Um, So I was just wondering between all of the, the social media accounts, because right now I honestly, I just do, Twitter to like put out my to put out my podcast like Mm. promo it It sits on SoundCloud like that's where it's hosted so if anybody is magically following me on SoundCloud they'll you know get the notification or like they can subscribe to me on iTunes but otherwise like my promo goes out on Twitter and that's about it so considering all the platforms that you post like your platform your podcast on um what what is most like efficient what do you get more feedback and responses from uh definitely twitter i i think twitter mm-hmm. is by far uh the best avenue for that um facebook is is a little tougher especially yeah i'm not really ready for facebook to be changing my privacy settings and all that um, so it's very much tailored more to family, friends, colleagues, and, and things like that. Um, Instagram, Instagram's tough. There's like a trillion different hashtags that people are following all the I time. Know. And it's like, if you yeah. don't pick the right one, it's just, it's lost in the shuffle anyway. Um, but <laughs> Twitter, I, I just find that once you find just a great circle of people that you're networking with, uh, and, they share kind of the same visions or they want to have uh, an engaged conversation and agree, disagree, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. They're willing to share it out to their followers and uh, it grows faster than you'd ever believe. Um, You know, I post something on Instagram and I'll look at it a day later and there's like 17 views and I'm like, all right, well, no one really saw that one. Uh, and then I'll write something on Twitter. And then a week later, I'll see that like 30,000 impressions of the tweet. And that's because people yeah. are just, you know, whether they agree or disagree with it, they're retweeting it. Um, and I find they're just more educators, like the, the, the people who would be listening to it, like Twitter EDU is just more there than Instagram yeah. EDU. 
how like yes and no because I follow different people on Instagram like teachers than I do on Twitter. The teachers that I follow on Instagram are more of the educators who have really awesome mm-hmm. classrooms and who share uh, like resources on teachers pay teachers. Yes. Um, that's who I follow yeah. on Instagram. And then like, I don't want to call them that they're yeah. just different educators <laughs> on Twitter than Instagram. I don't, I don't want to like put them yeah. in boxes, but to me, they're totally different I am going to agree with you on that one. Um, Instagram I, I find uh, a little bit more self-promotion uh, based, whether it is the teachers pay teachers, um, which is a whole nother thing. Yeah, <laughs> is the, the teacher paid teacher movement, which, you know, everybody has their their own thinking on this and everybody is entitled to their own, own opinion on this. Uh, and if you create something that's your property, you can obviously do what you want with it. I think the sad thing is, is that we, teachers have to feel like they have to sell it to make additional money that they aren't getting as a teacher. Um, That's That's what's sad because Mm -hmm. I feel like more people would be willing to share such a wonderful material for free if we were being paid uh, how teachers should be paid. Um, The proper. And and that's more of a conversation in terms of just pay scale in general for, for teachers. But, um, yeah, that's not a knock on teachers pay teachers. Uh, yeah, there are a lot of people that have free things on there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I'll I will plug like some teachers pay teachers accounts who right now with the back to school they, especially for new teachers like me who I don't make a pretty penny or I haven't made a pretty penny yet, so I can't necessarily afford all these awesome mm-hmm. resources yet. But a lot of them have been like promoting their free stuff and it's been just so so helpful helpful for new yeah. teachers getting started yeah. yeah and it is i mean especially for new teachers it's all about resources uh mm-hmm. what can you bring in you know what can you uh, take a look at and then make your own uh, yeah and the other thing with instagram i'm not good at decorations and, and classroom decor <laughs> uh, very much a minimalist um and then I, I, I see these rooms that are just like epic in nature. That are just like this should be on like extreme makeover classroom edition. Like this is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not that person. Yeah. <laughs> I follow the superhero teacher. She yes. does like the big classroom makeovers. Like yeah. I, I religiously follow her just as much as Mr. D. And it's really it's it's so humbling to watch her like transform classrooms for teachers who really deserve it. Oh yeah. And that's what she's there for. Right. Like it's so special. It's just like you find and social media always gets a a bad rap because it can be a very dark and disturbing place. Uh, You know, on Twitter, I will, I only follow education and, um, and I only talk, I try to limit my conversations to mostly just education because I feel like the more you step out of that, the darker it gets. And I just like, I can't deal with that for my psyche. I, you know, that all that stuff. Um, and yeah, there are, you look the right place. There are amazing people out there that are doing incredible things. Um, and uh, the one thing that I'll, I'll say, and someone asked me about, um, about podcasting and they said, um, why, why do you do the podcasting? Don't you want to focus on helping kids? And I said, I am. Hmm. 
And, and they say, well, well how are yeah. you helping kids? Because I'm helping teachers. I'm helping teachers help kids. Yeah, that's the goal. Because as teachers, we can't possibly teach every child in the world. You know, so, but what we can do yeah. <laughs> is help other teachers feel confident, feel like they are in this position for a reason, feel like they are going to change the lives of the kids in front of them. And then they're going to go back and they're going to have this fire lit underneath them and they are going to just crush it in their classrooms. And those kids are going to benefit. Uh, so I, I kind of had to do a little hold in the eye roll and, and say, you know, <laughs> it is about the kids. It's always about the kids. It's always about the it's kids. It's always and, about the kids. You know, yeah. the folks that that are writing some great books, yeah, Tara Martin's uh, book and Todd Nisloni, you know, Kids Deserve It, you know, they aren't writing these books to make millions of dollars. It's not how it's going to work. Uh, they're writing it to help teachers help kids. Uh, and that's the mission. The mission is always to help kids. Hmm. My goodness. Okay. So Ryan, if people want to reach out to you to like, you know, for to have you give them a pep talk when they're feeling down or just to connect in general. Um, do you want to plug your Twitter, your everything? How can people connect with you here? Yeah, uh, Twitter, at Ponder Education. Uh, and uh, PonderingEducation.com is the website. And Pondering Education is on uh, iTunes. Uh, and I, I appreciate everyone uh, tuning in and hopefully it's helping and um, – you're enjoying the show and uh, it, it really is an honor to to be able to have any kind of voice in, in which uh, you know that people are getting something out of it and you know that the kids are benefiting from it and uh, I, I thank everybody who's tuned in i thank you sarah for for allowing me on on your show this is fantastic Thanks. Uh, <laughs> it's you know one of the better education conversations that i've had you know, in podcasting yeah and it's just well, real thank you so conversations much. So, uh, thank you um you know and best of luck uh, this is gonna be a great year for you uh, it is going to be a great year <laughs> it is. the it's first year be... there's nothing to compare to so it's gonna it, be great <laughs> it is and uh yeah i'll always say say to everyone you know it's not gonna be perfect it's yep. not gonna be perfect it's gonna be messy but <laughs> but there's a, a song uh by Jason Mraz that I love called A Beautiful Mess. And, okay. And that's what it is. It's a beautiful mess. I love it. So on okay, so on the Voice Ed Radiothon, I'm going to be doing like a 30-minute episode of like advice to new teachers going into their first year because I've done so much research and spoke with so many like educators about, you know, what is our first year going to be like, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So I've just officially noted this down as like one of my pieces of advice, like what you just said that it's not going to be perfect and it's going to be a beautiful mess. I will be letting all of the teachers <laughs> listening know that so thank you for contributing to that <laughs> and uh, my my new piece of advice that i'll be sharing with new teachers well i will be tuning in as well and the the whole voice ed radio thing is it, just amazing and uh hmm. hopefully we'll hear your voice on it maybe we'll, we'll see we'll see uh i'm looking into that because uh 
yeah, having that network of educators, yeah, that's a special it's thing. It's a huge family. Yeah. You, it's, it's incredible. You, uh, you, it's just so welcoming. And like you were saying, um, before where you just need to have an open space and an open conversation to talk about certain things. Mm. That is what voice ed radio is. And the platform is, is open to so many voices to have those conversations and for people to interact and, and speak about whatever it is that's on their mind. And it's just, it's really amazing. And I hope that anyone listening who is even wondering or or looking into starting a podcast, like that's what I wanted this episode to be about was to inspire more people to kind of take that jump, take that risk and get into, into podcasting. It doesn't have to be anything official or, you know, like I just started this with my iPhone, like headphones and a laptop. You don't need much. You just need to have a voice and you can start podcasting on your own. It's even better when you have, you know, a passionate guest like Ryan here, but I just want to open the conversation up like we did tonight about podcasting and about how easy and just so helpful it is like for us and for you and for everybody listening. So I think that we succeeded. I hope so because I I really think podcasting was the best thing that I've really done aside from being inside the classroom. And like I said, it's not about the numbers. It's not about the people, uh, the number of people listening. It's, it's about making an impact to whoever chooses to, to come aboard and listen to the show. Yeah. Um, you, know, you help one teacher, man, that's, that's a win. You know, you're it's helping yourself win. as you're recording. And you know, even if there's one or two listeners, you're helping them. And you know, it's, it's a great thing. So Ryan, I just want to thank you so much for this really passionate episode. I think that there's going to be so many takeaways for those who decide to listen to it. Um, so I just want to thank you so much for spending this hour with me. Almost goodness. Oh my goodness. It's thank been you so a much. blast. It yeah. Really no, been. thank you. This is the first time I've ever been on someone else's podcast and Woo-hoo! it's so cool. Oh, and, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> you just made my night. You made my and, night. Uh, this is like the coolest thing ever. And uh, you are wonderful. And I, I love following you on Twitter and uh, love your message. The shows are fantastic. So best of luck to you, Sarah. And uh, really have a, have an amazing, unforgettable first year. Thank you so, so much. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Kesara Sara. I look forward to continuing to learn from one another. So what did you think of this episode? Let me know by leaving me a comment in SoundCloud or sending me a tweet to at Sarah, S-A-R-I-H, Lalonde, L-A-L-O-N-D-E-E. And you can also subscribe to my podcast on iTunes under Quesada Sara. And hey, did you know that Quesada Sara is a proud member of the Voice Ed Radio Network? Check them out at voiceed.ca.